With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here we go. All right, so today is July 19th, 2015. We've got a session with Tessa, Parker, and Morgan. So, Tessa, please... Okay, so I've got her. And your first question, Wendy. Um, I just basically want to know how she's feeling overall. All right. So, Tessa, how are you feeling physically overall? She says great improvement. She says there's greater strength in the hip region. She says it's easier for me to rise. Uh, Still weakness in that side of the lower limb that we discussed last time we spoke. Um, She tells me that there's greater flexibility actually down through the mid backbone section of her spine when I asked tell me more about that she says it's a relief to have greater ability to rise and and in order to rise uh, to go from in other words a lay down position to a stand she says she's got to have at least a little bit of give in her backbone and she just tells me she's feeling like she has that present time you know she does admit there's still days that I feel very heavy on my forehand which would be the shoulders um, and the front two limbs when I ask why would that be she says because of problems in the back she just shifts her weight forward to uh relieve pressure or extra mm, extra weight uh, on the back so she'll shift that forward um she thinks overall she's doing much better though than when we last spoke she also says there's greater ease and it's like the pressure has been taken off me mentally when i ask what pressure are you talking about she says it's more of an emotional or mental state of pressure my mom's less worried about me okay that's what she's after um you're less worried about her and as a result it's like well you know, animals are very sensitive to our thoughts and our emotional state, and she picks that up. So when you feel better, she feels better on an okay. emotional level. Okay. Yeah, she seems to be, um, she's not panting as much. Um, does, does she still feel that arrhythmia with her heart, or she just seems um, yeah. overall just better? Well, she was just, as you were mentioning the heart, she was telling me that it feels very much improved there. Now, when I ask about what about the actual pattern of it, is the arrhythmia, what's your thoughts on that? She feels that her heart is more stable, as if the arrhythmia is softer. I don't get it's gone completely away, but it's much softer and gentler when it does show up. Um, this, the heart is much more stable, though, in a solid, I'm in my body, in a good kind of way. Um, I mean, the heart is, of course, just like any other organ, very integral to keeping her spirit in her body and connected, and she does feel there's been improvement there. Um, She's showing me an image now of opening her mouth and taking, okay, a substance in. Let me just ask her, what are you talking about here? She says, "Mm, that that substance makes me feel better. In what way? She says, overall. She's showing me, I mean, I can't imagine you give it this way, so it's probably symbolic, but she's showing me an image of putting some sort of liquid on a spoon and give it to her just like you would give cough syrup to a child. Um, so she wants to let you know whatever that substance is, it's done wonders. Well, she's, you know, she's on the, the gabapentin, which is in her food. It's a capsule. And okay. she, since she's been on that, she seems to be better. And she said you know, that would also help her heart because it's antispasmatic. Um, since she's been on that, she seems great, but she also gets her trauma meal and allergy pills on a piece of roast beef. Okay. I, crush the, I crush them on a spoon and put them on roast beef, and she gets those. Okay. Um, and then there's also, um, Judith has a, a homeopathic liquid that I give her. I just squirt it in her mouth, but I haven't, I don't, I'm not fastidious with that. I don't give it to her as often as I should. So I don't know if that's what she's talking about. All right, let me ask If that you. is, then I'll be I'll make sure that I give it to her more often. Okay, gotcha. So Tessa, the stuff um that she squirts into your mouth now and then, she says she needs more of that. You know, okay. that's really good at keeping her calm. Uh, physical physically. This is it has a very nice physicality effect. She shows me 
Okay. The, the, I mean, I don't know what the substance is, but she tells me the effect she notices within her is almost like a relaxation of the veins. Uh, also, the circulatory system flows better because it's like the canals are more wide open and, and things can flow more easily. Uh, so it's got a great of physical relaxation. She says, when my body relaxes, it's easier for, she says, my own and mom's stress level to go down, and I feel better overall. When I ask any comments on the other substances, she just thinks they're all adequate at this time. She's better than she has been in the past. She's explaining at, at taking at least one of those, one of those medicines, um, and she just says it's because I realize that it really helps me feel better. Okay. That's probably the gabapentin, I would I would think. So the gabapentin... Put the gabapentin relieves, relieves pain, and it also has that anti-spasmatic. So I just I would assume that if she's not feeling the pain as much, that she that she would just be more relaxed. No. Okay, so let me ask you that. So the pain level for you these days, compared to when we spoke last time, she says much improved. She says I'm at a level two, and two is very very tolerable for me, very light and easy. Uh, she says that's down from, she tells me she was at a 5, operating at a 5 for a while there. So 5 right. to 2 is actually big leaps and bounds as far as the gabapentin pectin in the food. She just calls it her friend, and it does help me to relax physically. Um, my muscles, she shows me an image of the muscles being spread out like a, a blanket or sheet, you know, smoothed out versus them right. being so contracted and congealed. So, yes, it is having a positive effect, and she doesn't mind taking it. Oh, good. When we went to the uh, the cardiologist, they they did an ECG, and they didn't find an arrhythmia. So, like, like you said, you said he's not going to go with giving her her medicine for her heart. Obviously, she doesn't need it if she's feeling that good. Um, but they didn't find anything. They also had two women doing it. That at one point, I'm like, is that electrode supposed to be on the floor or on the dog? Oh, no. So I don't know if it worked. If they got a good reading or if it really was a true reading. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, I do. But he was happy with it. and He's like, no, she doesn't need, she looks, overall she looked better when she went in this time. She wasn't shaking. She wasn't as painful. Um, so he's sticking with his guns that it was caused by pain. Okay. Which she didn't seem to agree with, Tess. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I guess she still gets it now and then, but it's very subtle, it's very light. And overall, she likes the way she smiles at her own heart, her own physical heart. I like the way it's in operating these days. I'm much more pleased. And she tells me she's able to relax more. It's like I couldn't get a good night's sleep consistently. She'd wake up. I see her getting up, moving to a different position, laying down again. What is this about? She says I was restless at times throughout the day. This isn't all the time, but at times. And she just says that's really gone by the wayside. I feel so much more relaxed in my body. And she says to you, thank you, Mama. <laughs> I love her. She um, she has taken to waking me up at like, I don't know, 5.20, 5.30 in the morning. Um, she just comes in and, and pants, wakes me up, I think just to make sure that I'm okay. I don't know. And then she goes and she lays down again. Okay, so is there sure. something, is she just making sure I'm okay? Yeah, so Tessa, what's going on there? You come in, you do that behavior, I show you that. Um, you know, she says, it's it's like a kid who gets up in the middle of the night and goes to their mom or dad and says, uh, you know, everything okay? So, yeah, she is indeed checking on you, and then the okay. child goes back to sleep. When I ask why the, the fairly, fairly, you know, fairly consistent consistency here with the time frame, anything significant about that, she tells me she's feeling a little bit uncomfortable, actually, in her anky ankle joint region back there okay. so that's kind of when it you know it's it's like a child who's feeling a little bit of pain in the middle of the night and they need to get up and get comfort from their okay. parent and she doesn't require too much comfort other than okay no. you're there and it's and it's it's fine i don't mind that she wakes me up i really don't i just i you know i would rather she wakes me up and i can make sure she's okay yes yep yep she just needs that reassurance and you give her that and she's content enough to go lay down okay mm-hmm I just wanted to make sure it wasn't anything else. Um, I want her to know we're going away tomorrow for 12 days. Um, she's going to go over and stay with with her sister, with Kim and her sister Naya. Um, and she's, you know, she stays there before, but she hasn't been over in in a while. But I just want her to know that we're going away, but we're, God willing, we're coming back. 
So. <laughs> okay. Are you going away to have fun, she asks. We are going to a wedding. Oh, nice. So, yes, it's going to for, for fun, for relaxing, but we're going with a purpose. It's not, you know, just to go. It's, there's a purpose in it. Gotcha, gotcha. So she's okay with that. She's, she's fine. That was sufficient enough to tell. Um, as far as going over anything we need to know about Kim and your sister dog, she says, oh, no. She says, I just kind of settle in as if I live there. I'm a little quieter than usual, she says, but I'm well-behaved. Um, no, she'll she always wait. is. Yeah, she'll just await your return. Um, she did not want to go for walks previously. Um, I would really like just to have her build up her hind end a little bit more just by going on short walks. Okay, so let me see what she says and, to that. You know, she's starting to feel like she can do that. You're really okay. going to have to keep them short. She's showing me the duration of five minutes being um, comfortable. By the time you reach seven minutes into a walk, I see her... She'll plod on for you because you want her to, but she's struggling at that point. So it's very minimal. And when I asked, really, on what kind of terrain are you on? She says, oh, Mom only puts me on the good stuff where I have a lot of traction. So um, the flooring is fine. This has nothing to do with actually uh, rock versus pavement. Uh, there's no one that's more ideal than the other. So really five to seven minutes. Okay. Because Kim is going to take her for um, some short walks while we're gone. Because I just I want to try to build her up a little bit. She's also going for her acupuncture, and she's gotten laser therapy on that area that we talked about before. Okay. Um, is that helping her? Is the laser helping? Okay, sure. Is that laser therapy helping? She says, yes, it is big time. As a result, I have greater flexibility back there. She shows me herself like um, moving around like a human would move their ankle in circles to show, show or demonstrate that she's got greater flexibility. When asked, does this flexibility show up anywhere in your life? She says, again, I can rise more easily with greater stability. Now, it's still weak back there. That weakness hasn't right. you know, gone by the wayside, but um, it's like she can handle it better now. She's got more right. support. right. Um, Danielle, how about her hearing? She, uh, you know, she was pretty much. She said that it was. She was pretty much deaf. We've. I've worked on. Um, she still has some stuff in her ear, and a lot of it has come out. Has that helped at all? Can she hear a little bit better? She seems to. Yeah, I, I get actually the right ear hears more than the left ear. Um, and okay. I asked, so has that helped since we last spoke? What's been done? She says it has. It's like she's got better hearing in the right ear again is what she says. So there's been an improvement in the right ear since we last spoke. The left ear to me, any improvement? When I compare last time I felt her and present time, there's been improvement, but it's so subtle. It's like going from a 1 to a 2 when it could have gone from a 1 to a 10. Um, and I, So minimal improvement there, greater in the right. She hears high noises, squeaks, and pitches a lot better. Um, you know, she's very aware, and when her eyes are open and she's, you know, a, a conscious versus asleep, she tells me she doesn't miss too much anyway, so that's compensating for the right. poor hearing. Right. Um, well, she's got... The, the the left ear is the one that still has a little bit of buildup in it. So okay. I have to, um, there's some ear cleaner that I need to use to put on a, they want me to put on a, um, like a cotton ball and just okay. squeeze it in a little bit to kind of dissolve it. Okay. So I'm going to do that. I just want to make sure that, you know, she knows what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Okay, okay, and I'm going to show her that, show her that process. Okay, and she's just helping to loosen it so that we can dislodge it and help move that out to give you greater airway because, yeah, she's clogged. You're right, she's still clogged there. Um, you know, she's watched the temperature of the liquid, Wendy. That's the biggest thing she's complaining to me about as I describe this process to her. I don't know if you can bring that temperature up to lukewarm, but that's going to be much more agreeable to her versus using some substance that's cool or cold. Well, it's it's room temperature, so I didn't think that would be. Um, bad. Is room temperature going to work with you? She says it'll still feel funny. What if she warmed it up and you know set the whole bottle into a thing of hot water for a couple minutes? She says that's more my preference. She says when you get in the inner ear, the inner ear. She's referring. She says the inner ear, but she's referring to the the in part, inside part where it's it is clogged. She says right. it's a bit more sensitive to temperature there. So a little slightly warmer, not hot, but slightly warmer, again, she feels it's going to be more agreeable to her. That is her preference. She's actually asking for that. Okay. 
Okay. Is uh, I think I think that's pretty much it. I just wanted to make sure that she was good. Oh, I know what it was. Um, I've had to express her anal glands for okay. a while. Um, I'm sure it's not her favorite thing to do, but but they also uh, the vet said that she was kind of red around her anus area, and I know she's been licking it a lot. She can't she can't be licking it. I hate I, I hate yelling at her when I see her doing it, but you know the the she's licking it because there's a feeling of the stool coming through rather jagged and dry. There's a, the there's a, a I'm sorry, Danielle. There's what. It, the stool, she's licking it because there's a feeling of the stool creating abrasions in the upper part of the that, that last section of the large intestine as it exits out the anal opening. She's telling me that the stool sometimes comes out ragged, dragged, uh, ragged, excuse me, and dry. I wouldn't quite call it constipation, Wendy, but there's a feeling of um, sometimes it's a little too dry. And if you were a person, pretend for a moment, that you had constipation like, you know, stools on a daily basis, you would have some irritation too. Um, She just tells me that's where it's coming from. Now, what about your anal glands? She actually thinks her, her left one gets stiff at times, and that one does indeed need help express. The right one she feels expresses more easily. Do you need, or is this redness have anything to do with the anal glands? Um, she says no, not so much. She feels it has more to do with her stool. Wendy, what have her stools looked like lately? Um, they, they seem to be normal like they usually are. I mean, they're always a little bit dry. It's never runny. Um, um, maybe talk to, you know, Dr. Shoemaker, see if, you know, canned pumpkin or something like that would be appropriate. That might be just enough to soften them a bit. Um, because okay. her awareness is it's the actual stools that are creating abrasion and it makes it feel uncomfortable. And it's like a human who wants to just pat something that's cool and, um, wet up against their, their anal opening to give it some peace or comfort. So the best thing she can do is do it with her tongue. Okay. So in this case, asking her to stop and refrain from licking it, she's trying to create a soothing compress with her moist tongue because the, she feels that even if she left it alone, kept the tongue away, it's still going to be red because of the stools. Okay. I will uh, I'll ask Judith if, if pumpkin would work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. What else for her? That's pretty much it for Tessa. Is, is anything that she wants to say? Anything bothering yeah. her? Tessa, anything you want to say or anything bothering you? Um, she says, okay, two things. Well, she's showing me you on a bicycle. My mom needs to breathe more oxygen. What does this mean, please? Keep up the good deep breathing, she says to you. Deep breathing, she says, is very important for my human. Okay, deep breathing in what way? Nice, deep, soothing breaths. Um, these would be the type of, it's not shallow breathing that we usually, many humans do when they're out living life. This is, you know, being more conscious of your breath and actually taking that deep breath in a way where ideally every breath could be nice and deep. If you've ever seen a human baby, you know, when they're, they're born before life you know, uh, you know, interferes with the way they breathe. Um, their bellies will rise first at the lower part of the belly, and then the chest rises. Shallow breathing for many humans is uh, just rising and falling of the chest only, and not including the deep depth part closer mm-hmm. towards the abdominal region. She wants you to breathe better. You can go online, um, is what I'm getting for you, in order to learn how to breathe normal. Okay. I know, I know how to breathe. I just, she's right. I don't do it. Yeah, it's huge for keeping you calm and relaxed. And when you do that for yourself, since I'm such a sensitive being, it will help me. I've been trying to teach you to breathe for this past year. She feels like um, her best teaching of you occurs when you are sitting down in a relaxed chair in a relaxed position. And I don't get you're really necessarily conscious that she's trying to teach it to you in that moment, but she is by modeling it for you. Okay. What else? Anything else? Yeah, Tessa, anything else? She says no and asks, is there anything emotional in your life or, you know, mental, mental thoughts you're thinking or emotions that we need to know about? She says, I'm really doing fine. Okay. Yeah, she seems to be. I'm really, I'm really 
pleased. Good. Yeah, all and I and I do feel more relaxed about her. I mean, she just seems happier. She seems, you know, she's not panting as much. She's just she seems more comfortable. She's she's not as restless as she was before. So. Mhm. Much better. Excellent. All right. So she's she's content with what she said. So I'll thank her. Thank you, Tessa. And who to next? Um, I guess we can do Parker. All right. So Parker, please. All right, so I've got your person here. He shows me an image of taking his head and leaning it up against your chest in a very sweet, affectionate way. He says, "What's that?" He he puts his head up against your chest and leans against your chest in this image. He shows me in an affectionate way, and he tells me that image means I love my person. I love him right back. (laughs) He's my boy. All right. So what are we discussing with him today? Well, first of all, he cut his mouth, and I nobody can figure out how he did it. All right. So you cut your mouth. He says, I did, the inside. Okay. And so how did you do this? Well, he actually shows me eating hay, and I see a piece of wire, uh, and it's got a little spike at the end, much like a thorn attached to a, a piece of wire. That's the image he gives me. He feels it was accidentally, uh, he says, placed in his food, now placed there by a human. He says, no, nobody knew about it. And he just shows me himself eating, and he accidentally caught himself on it. Non-intentional. He says, I guess I should have paid attention to that which I was eating, pay attention to my food. But he got rid of it. He didn't swallow it, right? I was enjoying myself, enjoying the food. Did you get rid of it? I didn't eat it. He says, no, no, I didn't eat it. But it did do a bit of damage, lip damage. Yeah, the corner of his mouth was just on the inside. Gotcha. But he was on antibiotics. I mean, it seems like it sealed up. Is he good with it? Uh, He says he can still feel the line that it created, uh, which would be the healing line that, you know, as things clean, clean, you know, recover. Um, so he feels that line. So what about, no infection, no, um, it says no mucus, no, no, no pus, nothing like that. It's not a big deal. It's a long way from my heart. He thinks he might actually have a line there for a time uh, before the cells recover enough to make it go away. Uh, okay. Kind of like the idea of a scar, but it will not scar over, he feels. He feels he's fine. Okay. He um he has ongoing Lyme disease. And we okay. just we did a big treatment for him, um, uh, with injections and pills and that ended probably about a month ago. So he's due to have blood pulled and check his titer. Is he feeling better? Okay, okay. He says he is, he's feeling much stronger than he had. He feels that the medicine that you gave a month ago was indeed necessary, very necessary at that time because he was showing signs or symptoms. He shows me an image of being off on one front limb. Uh, and he just tells me I felt a little bit achy through my front limb, through my front leg, um, through the, the entire thing of it um, too, the entire length of the leg. Uh, as far as now, he feels those pains have gone away. The achiness has dissolved. He thinks that he'll read uh, very low on the titer, uh, in okay. other words, not showing signs of active symptoms. Okay. okay. And he's feeling strong, and his belly doesn't ache anymore, he says. When I ask, what about the aching belly? What what you still go on? Uh, he tells me he's had sores in his stomach in the past, uh, and it feels like now he's not. And it might have made him go even off feed in the past, not eating um, for short, very short periods of time where he was light on his meals not eating an awful whole lot, but it feels like these days, present time, no sores in the belly, he says. I feel great. Is it Were, were they ulcers? Should I give him ulcer guard? Um, or? Were you, was it ulcers, as a, as a vet might think ulcers are, you know, holes or openings? Uh, he, he, he nods his head, yes. He does feel indeed there was a, yes, a dissolving away of the normal inside of the stomach tissue to create openings that were not supposed to be there. But again, this is, this was uh, eight months ago he had one. Uh, seven, eight months ago he also had one. Three years ago he had one. Uh, present time, no, none now. Because I give him, I give both of them um, smart gut, which has all kinds of probiotics and prebiotics and mm-hmm. 
they, they get that every single day because, you know, he was on the track for seven years, so I'm sure he has ulcers from that. Okay, so what comments on this? He just says he likes the stuff, the probiotics, etc., that you're giving him. When I ask, has that helped with your ulcers? Uh, he nods. He feels that and a low-stress environment and lots of love have made him recover, <laughs> so helped him greatly. Um, you know, as far as, you know, when he was back in his track days, did you have ulcers? He says, I was a high-strung guy, and, yes, I had a lot of stress in my life, so they did come and go around the age of four and, again, around the age of seven. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably because he moved here. He's like, what's going on? I would be stressful, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how is he doing? I mean, Nave is gone about two months now. How is he doing with that? Okay, because who he is keep, gone? He keeps, he keeps Maeve, his, uh, my girl. They were together since he was here, so for 20-something, you know, for 15, 17 years they were together, 16 years. Oh, okay. Um, she was about 27 when she passed. About two months ago, we had to put her down. But he keeps walking over to her stall, so I'm not sure if he's missing her, if he's just curious, because he is like Mr. Curiosity. He's into everything. Okay. Well, he he senses her actually in spirit form hanging out in her stall now and then. Uh, He says she does that to surprise me. I don't get him walking over and being upset uh, by seeing her. No, he just wants to go over. It's almost like he wants to go over and see her. Yeah. It's it's like a visitation. When I ask how are you doing since her actual you know physical passing, he says he had a tough time for the first couple weeks of her being gone. He really missed her, although he, it looked like he was taking it all in stride and acting calm and everything. But internally, his heart was hurting for a bit. Uh, feels like not now. <laughs> he says we and she and I still have conversations between each other, so they're still very close uh, in connection telepathically. He calls her his girl. <laughs> she was his girl. Yeah. So, no, physically she, he's okay now. He's not in grief, okay? He was the first couple of weeks, but that has transitioned. That's passed. Um, but, yeah, no, he's – why does she stand in there, Parker? He says, as a surprise to me, often when she wants to have a conversation, she'll draw me over there, and then I will tune into her and start conversing, and then I go back to munching. So it's not like he stands there the entire time having the telepathic conversation. That's her way of pulling him in, calling to him, if you will, to get his attention, to start the communication, and then he walks away, still being in communication with her. Um, I just want to make sure she's not stuck here. Is she a spirit universe versus a ghost there is a difference um she's a spirit okay good so a spirit just means she can she's got access to here as well as the other side she can go back and forth she's not earthbound so that's good i didn't uh, i didn't think that she was she i didn't think she would be because i think zoe came in and got her who he's just such a love boy um and i asked him to come and get her so and i think she was she was just ready to go she really was um, yeah. Do you converse with horses in the past or animals? Oh yeah, in the past? we can talk with her. Just so wait, tell me her name so I can get the spelling and her coloring. Uh, Maeve, M-A-E-V-E. She was okay. she's dark bay, all over sixteen two. Okay, awesome. Yep, let me just call her in right now. So Maeve, please. She says I'm a horse in the stall. Yes, okay. Um, <laughs> You know, she did say her passing was very easy. She had a tough time those last couple days physically standing on her front two knees. Uh, Her knees just felt very tight, very heavy to her. She says, I just felt very logy. She says, my body, she was done. She was indeed done, complete with her lifespan. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, up until she wasn't ready to go back in December. You know, I I, um, had talked to Anita Curtis at the time. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And she's like, she says she'll do, you know, she's not quite ready to go. Um, but if you choose, you know, for her to go, I think she would have been okay with that. But I know I know my girl, and I just didn't think that she's a, you know, she was a fighter, and she wanted to be here and just torment me a little bit longer, I think, in love. Um, but uh, so we fought the good fight, and then I just came home at night, and I'm like, she's ready. She's ready to go. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, 
yeah, you did right by me is what she says to you. Um, she still looks at Parker as her guardian, uh, guard, protector is how she views him. She tells me, I had a very strong mind of my own, but I loved my man. Yes, yeah. Yeah, she did. She also loved my husband. Ah, oh, you loved her husband. She says yes, and I'd go all soft and kitten-like to him. Yes, him. yes. She, she absolutely did, and he loved her very much. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad that she's still here and she still talks to Parker. But she does. Tell her, but please tell her I miss her. She says, uh, well, I follow you around as you do chores. <laughs> <laughs> she's still hanging out with you. Um, she shows me taking an eraser and wanting to erase the word uh, miss when you just said you miss her and replacing it with believe, believe I'm here because I am. She thinks you've actually caught her or sensed her out of the corner of your eye, and she says, yep, that was me. Good. That makes me feel good. <laughs> it it good. really does. But so when so when Parker goes, because uh, it's usually when we come in from being outside, he just, you know, I go one way and he goes the other. Um, and a couple times I've just let him go in the stall and like just go. Um, yeah. But it, usually it, he stops. He'll he'll kind of like look toward the stall and then I'll pull him back and he'll you know he'll come with me. So it's good uh, to know that they're just, you know, he's sensing her and is having a conversation. He is, and going in his stall is like the equivalent of, he, he likens it to like a human who lost their, their spouse, and going into the room uh, that the person, you know, maybe their office or their, you know, man cave or whatever it was, going in there and just walking around and touching the items that used to belong to them. It's like memory, like going down memory lane, he says, in a good way. He's not in pain or heartache or distress when he's in there. It's touching things, he says. it. He thought, finds it very satisfying emotionally. Well, then I'll let him do it more often. He says, thank you. <laughs> um, is, there, is, there, uh, is he acclimating better to Morgan? They seem to be getting along better. Okay, sure. So, Parker, are you acclimating better to Morgan? He says, Mom, he's not who I would have chose. He calls him a wild thing, doesn't always listen. No. Um, Parker says, I've had time myself to mellow. Now, he, he thinks back in his days, he just came off the track slightly easier um, than, well, than Morgan is, came off the track to you. Um, Parker has some advice he'd like to offer you regarding that horse. What is the advice? Okay. He says, Mom, tell him that it's safe for him to relax, that his old running days are over. He doesn't have to impress anyone to stay alive anymore. He had the point, he says that Morgan has, but has the point of view that he thought he had to impress people in order to stay alive. He thought life existed by being associated with the track and with the racing, even if he wasn't actively racing, you know, that day. It's like being there amongst all the others who were, you know, put on that job as racehorses. To race, he says, kept me alive. He never knew what happened to the horses that left the racing barn. He never knew, and so he feared what was happening to them. So it's like, Parker, what do you want her to know? You want, he wants you to know that tell him he can relax now. Racing days are over, and look, this is what happens to many, not all, but many of those horses that leave, uh, leave the racing facility. That way he has a bit of a conclusion, Parker says, to that old fear, and I get, Parker says, he'll then start to settle down. He's antsy in his skin, Parker says. Oh, we're going to talk to him next, so we'll let him know. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I don't understand. Morgan will sometimes bite Parker, um, and Parker is a true gentleman. But every now and then, I would like him to just go back at him and put him in his place. <laughs> okay. Let me see what Parker says to that. He says, I'm trying to teach him that he doesn't have to be feisty anymore, that there's no reason for it. He says, I be peace, um, he says, in response to his agitation. 
Uh, he, he says, does. I'm not letting him be a pushover because, frankly, Parker thinks that if he had to nail Morgan, even though Morgan's younger, Parker thinks because he's somehow, Parker thinks he himself is somehow bigger and stronger, he says he could put Morgan in his place. I he's know he's just should. choosing not to. He's also giving me that phrase, um, oh, it's a, a Christian phrase, um, turn the other cheek. Uh, if somebody hits you, turn, give them the other cheek. It's like the idea of Parker's like, well, I'm not going to retaliate. I'm trying to let him see in the hopes that this behavior will fall away that it's not necessary for him to be agitated. He says he's still agitated, Mom, from his old racetrack days. He needs work there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and I appreciate. And please tell him I appreciate the fact that he doesn't go after him. But every now and then, I'm just like, you know, I get I get tired. I feel badly every time I see a bite mark on on Parker, and I'm like, okay. I don't know what to do with with Morgan to get him to stop. So. Okay. All right. So let me see if Parker has a suggestion. He says he's got to learn how to be a horse without a job. He's in conflict. He struggles, he, Morgan, struggles in conflict between thinking he needs a job and being told that you can just relax. He's having trouble just relaxing and being a horse. Uh, feels like you're, you're working with him or trying to work with him, um, and yet Morgan, interestingly enough, doesn't see that as a job. Parker's suggestion to you is tell Morgan now that he's at your living space, that he has a new job so that he can let go of the old job and just step into the shoes of the new job. Because right now, what you are doing with Morgan, to Morgan, he hasn't classified that as a job. But the moment he does, Parker says that will be a benefit for him. Okay. That horse has to have a job to feel, well, safe and secure in the world. I mean... I don't want Parker to, you know, if I'm working with Morgan, I don't want Parker to feel left out because I love that horse so much. Uh, she knows that, right? Yeah, let me see. Do you feel left out when she works with Morgan? He says, no, but I watch. He shows me, like, <laughs> paying close attention, maybe even standing very nearby, as close as he can get, and observing. Um, and this is, he's watching the progress of the two of you. Um, so, no, he's not jealous, he's not upset by this, but I get he, he takes full interest and feels like he actually has a bit of a hand in Absolutely. Any, the training. Any, any help that he can give me is appreciated. He says, what I do, and I have been helping, he says, what I do is I tell Morgan in my own way, telepathically, what it is you're asking of him. He says, but he's very resistant to me, and he has moments with you where he rebels like a rebellious teenager even against you Wendy he says and he says let him have his moment to kind of get it out of his system let him be a bold brat for a minute is what Parker says and then when he's calm again and his mind is calm begin again with what you were working with it's kind of like he (laughs) he says Morgan is is like a child who was asked to grow up too fast and was never told it's okay to have a momentary a uh, blip on the radar, which represents having a momentary um, moment of anger or outburst. Uh, and then it actually passes out of Morgan quite quickly. And Parker's saying, let him have the moment, because with time he'll start to have fewer of those, because you're allowing him to be himself and not telling him, as the racetrack people would tell him, don't do that, don't do that. He was constantly told, don't do that. And he is resentful. So you're, you're seeing bits of resentment coming up, but he's just got to move through it. Huh. Okay, because I just, uh, you know, Judith is like, if he does something, you've got about two seconds to react to it. Mm. Like, if he goes to bite or if he, because he was going to bite for a while there, and that's just, I'm sorry. But that's well, biting's different, yeah, bite, biting's different. But what, um, so Parker, under what circumstances should she maybe consider your advice? He says it's like he's on the lunge line or a lead line, and he's being a knucklehead at the end of a line, at the end of the lunge line and right. you're there in the center, instead of trying to gain him back, let him have, let him go through his momentary temper tantrum. Again, Parker thinks it'll only last a minute, and then the horse will quiet down because he's gotten it out of his system. Yeah, and he, and he does seem to. I, don't, I try not to get upset about that. Um, I do get upset at the, end of the, at the end of the lead line because usually he's going after Parker. So okay. that's why I get upset about that. He says, you're in protection of me. He says, Mom, um, okay, yes, and yes, it's like Mother Hen wants to protect Parker. He does get that from you. 
Um, Parker, can you just be out of the way so that maybe that, you know, it doesn't have to go to that? The whole thing can be prevented in the first place. He says, I like to be nearby. You know, Wendy, is there a place you can put Parker, like, so he can watch? Because he very much wants to watch what's going on with the training, and yet he's not in a physical space where Morgan can really go after him. Um, I could put him out in the field, but then Morgan will probably be upset because he wants to be out in the field. And if I put him out in the field when I'm riding him, the flies are going to attack him. Mm. Okay. So, well, I'm being told just to tell you to chew on that and, and see if, you know, there, there may be some other insight that comes your way regarding what else is possible there. Um, you know, what Parker says is he sometimes takes things out on me. When Morgan is having a temper tantrum moment, it escalates, and then he says it's like he needs an outlet. He knows that he's not allowed to attack, hu- attack humans, so he attacks his own kind. Um, so it's a redirection of his own, of Morgan's own resentment. And Parker is showing me himself being in response like a grandfather figure who is so patient he with really is. Morgan, he the grandchild. Really yes. Mm-hmm. He, he really is. And sometimes you just look at Parker and he's like, <sighs> big, deep sigh. You know what I mean? Parker's actually um, making small steps headway in a positive direction with Morgan. As much as it looks like these things are, you know, not fair to Parker or not definitely not fun for Parker, Parker tells me he knows what he's doing, and it's on a, on a bigger scale. It's actually helping Morgan Horse get greater progress. The day Morgan starts stops being a bully, Parker says, "I'll be his instant friend." Oh. And he is. He, he's, he's like a little tyrant. <laughs> a little terror is what I call him. Yeah, he's got, um, Morgan has a lot of inner anger from his first few years of life, especially around the age of three when they made him do things he did not want to do. They never asked me, Morgan says. They made me. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to talk about that. Yeah. Because I don't want to make him do anything. I'd just like him to do it because he wants to. Is that, does Parker, I mean, I've been, you know, starting to ride Morgan. Um, Does Parker want to get ridden or is he just happy the way he is? Okay, sure. So, Parker, do you want to be ridden as well? He says, nope, no thanks. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, he's not missed it for a while. He's not, it's, no, he's he's very content with you working on riding the other horse. Um, Parker says, if, if I never got ridden up again, he says, he gives you a high five, I'd be totally cool with that. Oh, that's too funny. Because there's times, I mean, I love, I love my Parker. There's times I would love to just take him out on the trails, but he gets so hyper, you know, being out there. It's not fun for me, he says. Okay. Yeah, he, the hyperness, his, I see his mind going into huge, uh, there's, there's tenseness, there's, um, this anxiety, there's a little bit of excitement, there's, yeah, he's pretty tightly wound. Yes, he's he not having fun in that mental state. And okay. he says, he feels like you are always trying to reel him in, control him, reel him in. And he says he really wonders how much fun you're having. So no, he says, I can't really relax. And he says where I most relax is on the farm, walking around in the pasture, you know, just on the premises. He is content to be a homebody. Don't think he's getting bored. He's okay. not. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Well, then <laughs> he I'm, shows me I'm an happy. image in response to you saying, I want to make sure, and he shows me a little a little um, white flag that you often see when two sides are at war and one gives a little white flag. What does this mean, Parker? He says, I give in and I'm just staying home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I, I love him so much. He's just such a good boy. <laughs> good. I, right, like just, I like else? just sitting in a stall with him. He's just... Uh, he says, yeah, it's it. nice, to, nice to sit and share tea. Now, he says tea. It's like tea time. I guess it's like the, right. the idea of um, people over in England sit and have tea with each other. There's not necessarily an awful lot of speech that needs to be exchanged. You just be with each other. So yeah. he enjoys being with you in the same way. Yeah. Thank you. Please tell him how much I love him. Mm. He says, I know in response. Very good. Thank you, Parker. Okay, so let's switch over to Morgan. My goodness. So, Morgan, please. Where did you want to begin, Wendy? What's your first question? 
well, first of all, he's uh, he's a little off in I think his right front foot. So that thinks it's a stone bruise. Is it? Uh, is that what happened to him? Okay, sure. So Morgan, you're off on your front, and so is it a stone bruise? Well, he tells me, uh, is it a stone bruise? Stone, did a stone cause a bruise? Um, not quite is what he says. You know, he feels that his upper right shoulder, same front limb, is quite tight. Uh, the rest of the vertebrae, okay, along the back looks fine. Pole and SI joint look fine. I'm just checking to see if there's anything related to this tightness. Because I only feel uh, the, the right, yeah, the right muscle coming off the right shoulder blade. Um, there's tightness in the cannon bone, which would be the skin and the small, thin amounts of tendons that go around the cannon bone, the lower part between the knee and the upper part of the hoof. When I asked, so how about any sensations on the bottom of the hoof? Not so much. Um, what did you do? What created this tightness here? He just says, I got overworked. And now he's winking at you. Okay, you're winking. So is that the truth? Yeah. Truth. What could, it, could it have been when he took off like a wild man the other night when Eric let him out and he just missed a tree? Oh, was it that scenario? He nods his head, yes. He says, yeah, that's more like it, but I didn't want to flip oh. myself in. So he says it's easier to blame it on the on the work. But again, he, he winks. He wouldn't really blame it on that. You know, he wants to say to you, he says, thanks for your patience. He says, I don't know what comes over me sometimes he says but my emotions rise and and really the emotions that are rising it's his old anger his old re, old resentment against the men that force tied him they he was tied uh he was three and four years old he was tied um, in a position where his head they were trying to teach him apparently to keep his head lower and they tied literally tied his head to something where he could not put it at normal height it was kept oh. low and he felt this was very inhumane and people didn't understand him and the resentment that he gained during that experience was immense and he's never quite moved through and resolved much of that so you're seeing the old stuff within him coming up that really has nothing to do with you guys um you and whoever you know the other person you mentioned there it just feels like um it does come up for him and then he becomes a bit like a uh, yeah, you mentioned a while, man. He calls a, uh, I become a maniac, and it's very hard to get me back in that moment. Um, Wendy, uh, it does read as appropriate to mention to you, there is a gentleman, he's an animal communicator out in, where is he, Britain, I think, Britain or England. Um, James French is his name. Anyway, go to his website. There is a thing called the, the Trust, what is it, um, the Trust Technique. And right now, actually go to his Facebook page so that you can find the free one-day trial of the trust technique, which is amazing. It's, it's outside, I'm just starting to learn it now, but it's outside, you know, just regular animal communication. So he's an ACer, but he also does this on the side. And it is huge at helping animals unwind um, from okay. past Trump traumatic stuff. And it just keeps coming to my mind to mention to you. So okay. watch the, even the first level of videos are amazing. And, and his name is James French? James French is the gentleman's name, yes. Um, his website is thetrusttechnique.com or something close to that. You can Google for it and find it. But you won't find his free offer for the, the, um, the free one-day observing, which is why you've got to get it off the Facebook. His, just type in James, uh, type in Trust Technique in the search box on Facebook, and you'll find it. And then goes through his post just a couple down, and you'll find a link to it. Oh, very cool. I'll, I'll do that when I come home. Okay. Um, is that why he plays with his, like, when I put the bit in, and even when he's standing in his stall, he's, like, working his jaw constantly. Um, I wondered if maybe they tied his tongue on the track or did something like that. Cause uh, let me see. Why do you do that behavior? Um he says that there is a nerve that runs along the back left side of my tongue. He says that I'm working by moving my wiggling my tongue. He says I'm working that nerve. Okay, work, what does working mean? He says I'm trying to get the life in it to come back. There's a, a, dull, a dull sensation in the back part of that tongue nerve that... I can, I can feel his tongue. So he, can, he has full feeling throughout the tongue, and yet it's like the equivalent of the nerve was a little bit overstretched. And to this day, um, it still bugs him. Okay, so I feel him playing with his tongue to try to, I'd love for that to feel normal. 
it's like a human who has their, their arm fell asleep, okay, and you want to rub it to get it back right. to feeling normal. Right. He's doing something to try to get it back to feeling normal. But it's been like this for quite a while. When he was so six year, no, he, when he was six years old, when he was six years old, this happened as far as what created it. He says, I had an outburst with somebody who had me on halter and lead, and they were jerking me around, and he had some contraption. I don't, it might have been a bit. Anyway, some contraction, contraption um, is how he describes it in his mouth. And every time they yanked on it to get him to stop, well, he was being a knucklehead. He was rearing and everything. But when he was rearing, they were trying to bring me down, and this created some damage in the back part of that tongue, back left. Now, we got him when he was six. So was this before we got him, or was that because I, when the first day that I brought him home, I made a mistake because I wasn't, you know, I'm just, you become complacent when you have horses here all the time that are just, you know, well-behaved. And I turned, I had, was hand-grazing him with the other horses, and I turned my back on him, and he reared up and caught me in the back with his hoof. Mm, okay. So this tongue issue, did this happen when she had you? No, it was before you. It was okay. before you, Wendy. And he's been, you know, he has not been rearing up and I really appreciate that because that's just I, I can't have that you know that's just well dangerous. he trusts you more which is why he's not rearing up yeah yeah so um, he does hear your, your praise and gratitude for not doing that and I'm going to thank him as well because Morgan you're so big and the human body can be so fragile when touched by a horse uh, especially a horse's hooves you guys can greatly damage us. So thank you for being conscious of where your body is in space relative to your person so that, you know, she and you can have a relationship that's quite pleasant or at least heading in that direction. He tells me he was once head shy and that you've helped him with that too. He's much more comfortable with being touched around the top of the nose and the muzzle region. Um, he used to be hit or miss, you know, warm and cold, warm and cold regarding being touched there, and he's much yeah, the more lady warm. That, the lady that gave him to me said that you can't trim the, the hair by his, around his muzzle. I've never tried, because there's no reason to. Um, yeah. But he's, he's just, he's a, you know, he's a good boy. He's just so sweet, and I adore him. I'm, I'm very happy that he's with us, and I'm planning on keeping him forever. <laughs> He shows me an image of walking towards you as you say that, and he says, I know you've told me that, and he says, thank you. He says, I'm learning to keep my forefeet on the ground, especially my front two, um, and to follow your cues. He says, you're the first person who has asked me and invited me to do many things, where in the past it was demanded upon me, commanded in an unfair way. So, yeah, you're showing him, according to him, the, the lighter side of humans, the better side of our species. Oh. I'm glad. That makes me feel good. Uh, but he's also, I mean, he's very smart and he really tries and I really appreciate that. I mean, even, you know, we just started riding pretty much. Uh, I wanted to give him some time to get his body back to where it should be. Um, so unfortunately for me, I don't have that much time. But every time that I sit on him, he just starts from where we left off and that's just, I mean, that's stellar. I really appreciate that. He's just so smart, really tries to, you know, that's fantastic. He hears your praise and he says you'll get more of that placidness, which he understands is what you're seeking. Um, you know, and he's telling me he still doesn't, he's mentioning Parker now. He says that old horse, he says he tries to give me uh, as a youngin advice. And he does show me an image of throwing back the, the advice that Parker offers him. In other words, not listening to it. He listens, he, Morgan, listens better to you uh, than he does at Parker. He says, maybe I should listen to the old guy. He says, maybe I'll learn something new. That would be great because he's a smart boy. He's been around mm -hmm. a long time. Gotcha, he says. I will consider that. He says, no, I will do it. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Does that mean not not biting him? <laughs> yeah, let's look at that directly. Um, so that was more just, just listening to the advice that the horse was giving. So this biting thing, 
you know, your person would prefer that you not bite Parker. You know, Parker is a teacher if you're willing to be his student, just like your Wendy's student in that capacity. And biting your teachers, oh, really? What's going on with the biting? He says, I'm like a bad pupil who acts out, but the teacher doesn't <laughs> reprimand me. All right, so why? what's going on there? Let's hear it from your point of view. Why do you do that? He says, I hate being told what to do. Does Parker tell you what to do? He says, no, not really. Parker lets me go my own way. How respectful is that? He says it really is. I wonder how respectful you could be by keeping your teeth in your mouth in exchange for the kindness that Parker has offered you. Can you be kind in return in this particular way, teeth in your mouth? He says, oh, you're asking me to be kind. He says, nobody's ever asked me to be kind. Okay, so Wendy, this is me talking now. Um, I'm going to invite you to expand on that. He needs to hear that word far more often. So now and in the days ahead, every time you visit him, do your best to use the word kind, be kind. Thank you for being kind when I saw you do this or that. But, but really ask more kindness from him, kindness towards will you be more kind to Parker. Thank you, I saw you being nice to Parker, sharing food, hay, or whatever. Um, you really need to emphasize being kind. That word is very key. Um, and it's something he has not quite yet learned, in part okay. because of his circumstances. Um, apparently he had really a really rough trainer when he was on the track for the first few years of his life. He might have had multiple well, trainers. He, he one flipped over in the start. The, you know, and it's funny because the lady that I got him from, her father bred, bred him. And okay. um, I don't think that he trained him. I just think that he bred him. Mm-hmm. But Morgan apparently flipped over in the starting gate um, he raced a few races, um, and it, what's funny is Carolyn, the lady I got him from, came by yesterday. She hasn't been here. She was here once when I first got him, mm-hmm. and she called, and she and her daughter came by yesterday to see him. And I, I tried to let him know that they're just coming to visit. You're not going back with them, although I'm sure that he liked them. I just He was neglected to the point of, you know, didn't do his teeth or feet or anything else. I know she loved him. She's just a little scatterbrained lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was neglectful to the, you know, bordering on, I don't want to say abuse, but, you know, mm-hmm. you don't do his teeth, you can't eat, that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she came by to see him yesterday, and I tried to make sure that he did not, you know, that he knew he wasn't going back with them. He's here to stay. Um but she said to me that he didn't like the starting gate, and that's where he flipped over. And apparently he didn't get up for a couple of days. Um, mm. He reared up and flipped over. So I don't know if they were being abusive to him then that caused him to do that. Um, Let me see. Were they? What's that? What was that all about? He says, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be in the starting block, which is the starting gate. Right. Um, so he retaliated in that moment. He did not intend to flip over. That was not his intention, but he was being so... um, Out of control. He was just in such a, yeah, an intense state that he wasn't aware that that was a possibility of hurting himself. Uh, As far as what led you up to that, being told what to do, being tied with my head down. So it was a bunch of different experiences he's had that led up to that breaking point for him. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. He was done. He'd had it. Right. He was like he had a screw loose. He really wasn't crazy, though, but that's what it was like for him. Well, poor baby. Um, I'm, please tell him I'm so sorry that, that, that he went through all that and that happened to him with these horrible people. He thanks you. He thanks you greatly. He shows me an image of standing close by to you with his mean. He says, she really heard me. He says, thanks. When people listen, not just people, when people, well, some people like yourself, when people I know listen to things like that, he says he knows it can be hard for people to hear, but he says, ah, oh, he breathes a, big, breathes a big sigh of relief. It's like, wow, I can get that off my chest. He says, um, if I could scream and shout at the human race, I would say to them, what are you doing? You're not listening to us animals. It's true. I, I agree with them. A lot of times they don't. Yeah, we humans are on our own evolutionary path, my friend, and we are uh, all at our different, all in different places, learning what we can along the way. So uh, we got to thank you for your patience, even though we know that's tough for you. Um, you know, he just says thank you, Wendy, for taking me in to show me a different way, a different life. 
Um, how about what Parker said with his new job? I know he feels that you know this isn't really a job, but yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's back up one. So what is your current job? Here he says nothing. Okay. So what used to be racing? He says I hated that job. Okay. So we'd like to invite you to knowing that your current job is actually learning new ways. Wendy and whoever else she's hired to work with her is here to guide you in, you know, the writing and just other things that she may be doing. And, and she'd like you to look at this as your new job. Now he perks up and walks forward, greatly interested in this. What is this about? He just tells me a new job. He says, I can feel important again. So he was, um, when he was given the job of racehorse, he felt important, but he was resentful of it. Here, right. he's stepping forward like, oh, this is important, and I might even like it. <laughs> <laughs> So ideally, we like animals uh, to like their jobs. So indeed, you may like it, and you may end up loving it. He says, tell me more about this job. Wendy, what job? What do you want him to do? What do you want him to see as his job? I would like just to be able to have him be comfortable, walk, track, canter, do some a little bit of dressage work, go out on the trails, and do some jumping. Okay, and do some jumping as well. And anything else she may tell you in the future that may be above what she's just mentioning right now, all of these would be at your job. And, we, you know, we say doing these things as your job, but in a way where you're working in partnership with your person. Absolutely. Um, because it really is about you cooperating and her cooperating with you. It's, it's a two-fold dance, if you will. He says, oh, no, he's going to make me go forward, hit me in the behind to make me go forward. Not like your racing days, but that was a very different job. So, no, if I if I ever I would never beat him a if I ever touch him with a stick it's just because I've asked him to move forward and he's not not understanding so you know just a little tap behind my leg to tell him this is what I want you to do to go forward I would never okay. ever do anything more than that. Okay, he says thank you. He says I can deal with a small tap. He says that's fine. Um, excellent. Well, he's in much better. If, if he if, if he if I give him a little squeeze with my leg and he moves forward, he would never get the tap. That would just okay. He says okay, so it's like step one and step two. Right. Step one in the squeeze, and step two would be yes. He the, goes forward. But yes, yes, yes. That's what she's. He gets it. He nods his head. I understand all that. Thank you. Okay. Um, and he does want to be a trial riding horse, by the way, Wendy. He has an interest in this. In going out on the trails? Yes. yes well, please. if he's interested and if he's if he has the talent, um, you know, you could do eventing, which is racing through the country and jumping jumps. And But, you know, it takes a while to get there. He's got to get the basics down. Okay. He says he's not sure he wants to do that. He was thinking of a leisurely stroll through the woods. <laughs> Just relaxing, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, okay. you know, it, that's fine, and he may change his mind later, but that's up to him. I'll leave it, you know, I'll leave that open. Yeah, it just feels like that's too far of um, uh, a reach for where he's at right now. feels like he, Absolutely. he needs to establish some more ground rules and, you know, balance between each other before he can even contemplate that because that eventing to him brings up the memories of, uh, racing. His racing days, exactly. And he's okay. got some stuff to work on there, so we we got to help him with that before he considers something close well, to that. that's not, then we don't have to go that route. We can just, you know, work in the ring and get, get that down and, and maybe go to some horse shows where he sees other horses doing it and we do, you know, we do that type of thing. Jumping, just jumping jumps. And he says he's a, he thinks he'd be good at jumping. Um, okay. When you get to that phase, he thinks he'd be good at it, but he says, yes, you'll have to show me how. He'd like to watch another horse do it first so he can witness it Okay. Um, before you ask him to do it. If, uh, is, he, is he comfortable, Danielle, going, ask him if he's comfortable going in the trailer and going places. He'll always come home, but, you know, if he wants to go and see other horses do it, we have to take a little trailer ride, and I, I just want to make sure that he's comfortable doing that. Um, yeah, he's balky, he tells me, at loading onto the trailer. What is this about? Because he's afraid he's going to be shipped off someplace. Um, Never. What if she just he always, will always come home. Gotcha. You'll always come home, she says. And she can even remind you, hey, here's where we're going, here's what we're doing in advance. 
That way you have uh, maybe a 24 hours heads up before actually loading. How do you feel about that? He says, yeah, he says, I still might be balky. It's just his nerves coming up, his nervousness. But I I do see he'll eventually get on there for you. Um, As you begin to help him to relax, again, the trust technique comes up for him. It feels like that balkiness will go by the wayside. Okay. All right, so we are at time. For the most part, I mean, he's happy being here. Is there anything else that I can that he needs from me? Sure, that can be your last question. So how about that, Morgan? He says not really. You know, when you pet me, your touch is always kind. He's appreciative of the, I mean, you to you it doesn't feel like an awful lot of time investment, but to him, he appreciates you going slow, slow and infrequent with him versus, you know, regular on a regular schedule, and that feels like he's talking more when he first came to you in the very beginning, beginning. Right. Are you happy? I am now. Yes. Yep. Oh, I forgot to, uh, right. I wanted them to know that we were going away too, but we'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll just relay that quickly, but know that you can certainly stand in front of the two of them and tell them all that out loud, details, when you're going, when you're going to return, where you're going, why you're going, so they know they don't have to worry about you. So just so you know, guys, she'll be talking with you more about going on a 12-day trip. They just nod their heads. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I thought they'd be okay with it. All right. So I'm going to thank them both. Tessa's already disconnected. Very good. So we are all set for today, Wendy. Oh, Danielle, that was fabulous. Thank you so much for all your help and for everything. Oh, you're welcome. I will send you a link to a recording in 24 hours or less, so just check your email for that. And I wish you okay. the best, both, you know, in your 12-day trip. I mean, wedding ceremonies, that's lots of fun. We're going, we're going to Turkey. these guys. <laughs> What's that? I, I said we're going to Turkey. I never, uh, I never thought I'd be going to Turkey, but I am. And, and it'll be great. We'll have a great yeah. time. Yeah, it's a ceremony. I just look at things like that. You know, I, I was raised Catholic, but I've far expanded beyond the boundaries of that these days. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I just look at those as ceremonies, rituals that really make, you know, for some people it really makes them smile. So I'm willing to share right. their enjoyment. <laughs> so enjoy. Thank All you right. so much. And you're again, welcome. thank you for everything. I really, truly appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, Wendy. All right. Much love yeah. to you, and you have a great day. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Hello. It is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.